Welcome in. It is Friday. I am here at the one and only Riverwind Casino, always here on Fridays. Plank was just here at another great show, of course, and we are excited on this Friday, uh, you know, just because it's Friday. But here at Riverwind Casino, you know, there's always some excitement around here. Tonight is a very special night, no doubt about it. Welcome back. Show Place Theater. We have missed you for over three years and you are coming back in style tonight with Earth, Wind, and Fire on the Showplace Theater stage. Cannot wait. Great group. That is going to be really, really special to have the Showplace Theater back. It is a great little concert venue. We haven't had a show in there because of the pandemic for uh, the last three-plus years. But tonight, Earth, Wind, and Fire is going to be on the uh, Beats and Bites stage. Uh, we still have other shows coming to the Showplace Theater these are the ones with tickets still available. Some have sold out. Earth, Wind, and Fire is sold out tonight. You better know somebody. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian, is sold out in July, July 29th. Dwight Yoakam. Tickets for the August 19th Dwight Yoakam show also sold out. Ario Speedwagon in Chicago in September is sold out. But we have tickets available for Collective Soul coming up July 21st. We have some available for Josh Turner July 28th. We have the Counting Crows in August on August 25th. Tickets are available for that show. And we have Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, and Aaron Lewis also coming uh, later in October and on into November, and tickets are available there. You can get your tickets at riverwind.com online, or you can get them right here at the Showplace Theater box office uh, inside the casino. So uh, very fired up tonight to have the Showplace Theater in all its glory back with a great band, Earth, Wind, and Fire, on the stage. So I'm here at Riverwind, Parker Thune in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. How we doing, Parker? It's a Friday, Steely. I can't complain. Yeah, you, you, I think it's at least a misdemeanor to be complaining on Friday, unless you have to go to, you know, a bunch of social events. Well, you know, I guess you could probably every now and then, because sometimes you have those two-day weekends with camps and everything, but yeah. uh, Fridays are always uh, pretty exciting. You no know, I tell you, right. I, I woke so, up this morning. I got up early on a Friday. Doesn't usually happen like that, but I got up early on a Friday Made some blueberry muffins, made myself a nice hot cup of green tea with honey, knocked out some notes on OUinsider.com. It's been a productive yet relaxing morning. So that's how I kicked off my Friday. Hopefully it's a productive yet relaxing three hours on the radio ahead. That is my hope. There you go. Yeah, we have, uh, during the 1 o'clock hour, we are doubling back to back with Brandon's. Uh, it's the Brandon Hour. We'll have Brandon Rabar recapping the Thunder's draft last night. You guys know what happened, I'm sure. Obviously, by now, the Thunder moved up two spots and got Kason uh, Wallace at number 10, the uh, guard out of the University of Kentucky at number 52 in the second round, one of the best stories in the draft. Keontae Johnson, the uh, forward from uh, Kansas State. So that's what happened for Oklahoma City. I think it's a pretty good draft. If you would have told me before the draft, Oklahoma City is going to get Kaysan Wallace uh, at number 10, I would have been happy with that. We'll talk to Brandon Urbar about it at 120. And remember, uh, you know, it was only recently that the Thunder got a second-round selection, so you also get Keontae Johnson late uh, in the second round. So I think uh, overall that's a, that's a good, solid B. Maybe even a B-plus for Oklahoma City. We'll talk to Brandon Rabar again coming up at 120 today. We'll talk uh, sooner recruiting with our man, 
Brandon Drum from OU Insider, Parker's colleague, coming up as we always do on Friday at 135. Uh, speaking of recruiting, what is going on at the University of Texas, Parker Thune? Big decommitment. I mean, yeah, big decommitment, but they also got to commit yesterday. So I don't know that it's meltdown mode down there on the 40 acres, even though that would sell in this market. My goodness, would it sell? Wouldn't it be great if we could come on the airwaves and dance on Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns' graves from a recruiting philosophy? But, I mean, look, they lost a commitment from Hunter Modden. I believe he was their longest-standing commitment in the 2024 class. It's Texas. They're going to be fine. And it's weird that I find myself saying that, but for all that Texas has struggled to accomplish on the football field over the last decade plus, they've never struggled to recruit, Steely. No, no, absolutely not. That has not been the problem at the University of Texas. It is culture. It's boosters. It's too many cooks in the kitchen, all of that stuff. Talent really has never been a big issue at the University of Texas. Maybe you're not, whether you're not, maybe whether or not you have a really truly elite quarterback at time, from time to time has been an issue. But uh, other than that, the roster always seems to be loaded. So, uh, Oklahoma have any chance with the modern kid? No, 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 no. Oklahoma doesn't have any chance there. I don't know where that kid ends up at this point, but it won't be Oklahoma, not with way the, the way the Sooners are trending with some of their elite offensive skill position targets. Yeah. All right. So uh, the big news this week that everybody's talking about in the recruiting world, of course, on the uh, heels of Champion Barbecue is Oklahoma getting uh, the two commitments this week, obviously, which was, was huge. Uh, Sooner fans are fired up about that. But not only that, but I think there's a strong belief out there that Xavier Robinson is coming. Uh, also, obviously, people are talking about Taylor Tatum in the USC situation. Before we jump into the latest on that, if there's anything new, what are the chances right now that all those Oklahoma kids talking about, uh, you know, even though they're out of state now with David Stone, Caden Durham, uh, Michael Patterson, McDonald, and Xavier Robinson all end up on the Oklahoma roster? Is that better than a 50% chance at this point? I mean, yeah, I would say it's a better a better than 50% chance that you get all of them together. Because, I mean, as it stands right now, I'm fairly certain I have, yeah, I have crystal balls favoring OU for all four of those guys. So, look, you get David Stone, you get Michael Patterson-McDonald. Those two are joined at the hip. They're going somewhere together. As of right now, that is in all likelihood Oklahoma. Xavier Robinson, I mean, we're four days away from a decision there. And that's expected to go the Sooners' way. And I really like where they stand with Taylor, or uh, with Caden Durham as well. And I know that many have asked, well, how does the trend with Taylor Tatum factor into that? Oklahoma's going to take both Durham and Tatum. Uh, I think Dur- both Durham and Tatum, from what I understand, had conversations with one another last weekend at the Champion Barbecue about the potential of playing together. And they're on the same page. And from everything I know and have heard at this point, Steely, I have no reason to doubt that there is another school in better position than Oklahoma for any of those four guys. That would be huge, obviously, for the Sooners if they could uh, land all four of those guys. It would be gigantic, you know, to uh, stack another really good class on top of last year's uh, number four class in the country. So we'll see if that's uh, going to happen eventually uh, for the University of Oklahoma. Of course, the new two commitments uh, this week, James Nesta, the linebacker out of the state of North Carolina, 
uh, four-star get, baseball prospect as well, and Dozy Ezekama, the wide receiver out of the state of Texas, whose brother is an NFL player, had a long-standing relationship, you know, with the uh, Sooner staff, Emmett Jones, uh, for a long time, and that certainly has paid off. But uh, right now, I know you and Tyler are big on who's currently leading uh, Sooner Recruiter of the Month standings right now. So is it is it Emmett Jones? Is it uh, well, Demarco? Certainly, if uh, something happens with Taylor Taylor Tatum before the end of the month, but uh, Skip Johnson again could be again in shape to be the Sooner Recruiter of the Month, the OU baseball coach, with James Nesta coming aboard and potentially with Taylor Tatum coming aboard, another baseball prospect as well, and you know, also the number one running back in the country. So Skip Johnson might pull something that some people think is nearly impossible, and that is for the OU baseball coach to be the football recruiter of the month. And how astonishing would that be? Now, I think it'll be it'll be a push. It'll be a hotly contested battle down the stretch between DeMarco and Skip Johnson because DeMarco's on track to get that commitment from Xavier Robinson here in just a couple days. So let's say this. That's true. Uh, like, let's play this out. If – you get Xavier Robinson on June 27th, and you have no other commits by the end of the month, but you know you are trending heavily for Taylor Tatum. And even if Taylor Tatum jumps in the boat, you have Skip heavily involved in the James Nesta commitment, you have DeMarco having secured Xavier Robinson, and then those two share responsibility for closing on Taylor Tatum. And so... I'd, I'd give the slight edge to Skip because I'm a little bit higher on Nesta and his potential than I am on Xavier Robinson, and that's no knock on X. I just really like Nesta as a football player. So I feel like at that point, Skip Johnson has to be your K-Ref Recruiter of the Month in June. So he is, he is without question <laughs> in my mind the leader in the clubhouse right now. Well, and the thing is, I wonder if uh, Skip's people can get with Joe C quickly and say, hey, Listen, Joe, uh, you know, we love you. You're, you're a great AD, but can we put a provision in Skip's contract that says if he's named the K-Ref Football Recruiter of the Month that he gets like a $50,000 bonus? What do you think? you think Joe C. could work that in? I mean, that's a very prestigious honor to receive. There should be some financial remuneration for that, I would think. I, I don't know if KREF Recruiter of the Month is a prestigious enough honor yet to be worked into contractual language, but I think by the end of the cycle, who knows? Maybe it's enough of a thing, maybe it's enough of an entity that uh, you could get the contract reworked to reflect that. There you go. All right, we are here at Riverwind, uh, Mike Steely along with Seal in the background. I'm a, I really like Seal. They're blaring a little seal right now. And tonight, Earth, Wind, and Fire will be setting the Showplace Theater stage of fire. And can't wait. It'll be the first Showplace Theater concert here in over three years. Obviously, the pandemic changed everything. But guess what? Showplace Theater is back tonight. And, again, uh, tickets for other uh, you know, big shows are coming up. Collective Soul, Josh Turner, Counting Crows. Don't forget, I mean, we've got some that are still – going to be happening hopefully a lot of you guys and gals have tickets to already the comedy of gabriel iglesias coming later in july you've got dwight yoakam ario speedwagon chicago all coming to the showplace theater but tickets are available right now again for the collective soul soul show uh josh turner counting crows 
foreigner, Rodney Carrington and Aaron Lewis. Get those at Riverwind.com or here at the Riverwind Casino Showplace Theater box office. Thanks to Last Year Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113 for sponsoring our first hour. We're coming back. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Let's talk a little more Sooner football coming up next. What else on the ref? I am uh, digging through uh, notes here, and I've got like five notebooks full of them, and uh, so many of them are complete chicken scratch. I mean, handwriting is just horrible. Probably the old man arthritis issue is what it is. But you know what? I can see clearly now. The haze is gone because, again, I know Dr. Bellardo and the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. You guys should as well. They do a fantastic job. If you have problems, if you're farsighted or nearsighted and maybe you're, you know, you get a text message from somebody and you've got to hold it either like 10 feet away like this or right up next to your face, you need to go see uh, my guy, Dr. Bellardo, and the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center team, they are the experts in the field. They have been the experts, the very best, for 20 years plus. That phone number is 405-755-7700. Get a free consultation from Dr. Bellardo, or you can get online. Very simple. Go to ALCOK.com. Like they always say, if you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to come here. And here, of course, is the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. So thanks to Dr. Bellardo and his team, or else I would be going, hmm, what does this look like? I can't even read my own writing. So uh, let's play a clip from Brent Venables. This wasn't too long ago. Uh, everybody, a lot of the national people, we, we played Cole Kublik the other day, and, uh, you know, the question was, what is the readiness level for this Oklahoma football team right now in terms of transitioning to the SEC? And he said, well, basically, offensively, they're, they're in good shape. They've got enough on the offensive side of the ball to be competitive and move the ball and score some points in the SEC right now. But defense is another story. But a lot of reinforcements coming in through the portal. And, of course, you've got some uh, big-time, uh, you know, true freshmen coming in like Peyton Bowen, P.J. Adabari that can help. So... Brent Venables, you know, he knows what happened on defense last year, but he's expecting a better defense this fall. I want our guys, the best of the best, are never satisfied. But I, I expect us to be on another planet defensively. Uh, you know, everybody else can talk about, you know, projection of rankings and all those types of things. I just want to see improvement in, in all the, the basics, the fundamentals. Our guys played with good effort last year. Um, we just didn't play or co- coach well enough in a lot of areas. And again, we got to continue to improve with our fundamentals, you know, our techniques, uh, our understanding, and again, the physicality that it takes to win. Uh, and win with, with great defense. And at the point of attack, we we weren't very good last year. And, uh, you know, we got bullied around and beat up too much, whether it was outside on perimeter screens or at the point of attack on a quarterback counter. There you go. Brent talking about, again, uh, the Sooners' issues on defense last year. So, Parker, uh, you know, you look at the portal and you look at, uh, you know, Trace Ford, Rondell Bothroyd, certainly Desan McCullough at the cheetah position, Reggie Pearson Jr. at safety, Jacob Lacey. We'll see how much availability there's going to be with Jacob Lacey. Uh, interior defensive lineman, of course, uh, who was at Notre Dame. You've got the Devon De- Sears kid from Texas State coming in. Uh, you also had Dejon Terry, which was big, from Tennessee. Who's the kid they got from Hutch the other day? The Danny Saeeli. 
Saeli, yes. Okay, so um, is this going to be enough for Oklahoma, you think, possibly to transition into like a top 30 defense in the country this fall? I think that like that should be the expectation, top 30. I mean, heck, I felt like that was a reasonable expectation last year. And to be honest, if you have a couple of the pieces that I think Oklahoma has this year, I think that would have been a, been a top 30 defense last year. The issue was they had no speed off the edge. They had no capable big bodies on the interior. And they had no depth at linebacker. And so the guys that they were using at linebacker, David Aguebu, Deshaun Wyatt, look, all credit to them for what they gave to the Crimson and Cream, but they were not phenomenal athletes, all things considered. And so rolling into this season with a linebacker core of Danny Stutzman, Jaron Kanick, and Deshaun McCullough, and then maybe you throw in a guy like Connor Neer or Shane Witter, uh, Kobe McKenzie, maybe even a freshman like Samuel Masigo or Lewis Carter uh, as that second line of defense on the depth chart. That alone leaves me feeling a lot better about Oklahoma's defense than I did last year. And I felt pretty good about that. Even I, I, I never imagined, I don't think many did, that Oklahoma was going to finish, I want to say they were 120th out of 131 FBS teams in total defense. So by all measures, they were atrocious. That will not and cannot be repeated. And I think the talent is there. I think the talent is there for this defense to make a huge surge this year, and I would not look past this freshman class. I would not look past Peyton Bowen, P.J. Atabari. I already mentioned Omasigo and Carter, perhaps Makari Vickers and Josiah Wagner as well, and even Ashton Sanders, a guy that's earned a lot of positive buzz. So I think there are some contributors on this team, some existing contributors that should take a leap, and I think there are some newcomers that should help raise the bottom line for this defense yeah the bottom line is they've got to be uh you know so much better and i think they will be and i think depth you know and initially i thought you know the ou fans kind of thought and i thought the same way well this this defense you know number one they don't have great interior defensive linemen you think about what they lost from the previous year with nick benito and uh, isaiah thomas and dty and who am I leaving out? I'm leaving out uh, Perry on Winfrey. Guys like that, you know, that were big-time playmakers for OU. And, you know, you just thought, well, okay, surely they've got to be better than they were under Alex Grinch, and it was pretty much the same old stuff. Now, I remember texting uh, Teddy at one point during the season, man, is this just a problem with scheming? You know, it's fairly basic stuff, but uh, they just didn't have enough depth at linebacker. They certainly didn't have enough – beef and uh, talent up front in the interior defensive line and it, it just became in some of the games it became a like a comedy of errors it was embarrassing and i had to drive brent crazy but yes i think if you can be like a top 40 defense with what they have offensively and i'm not saying they're going to set you know like points records or you know all kinds of offensive records with this this group because we still got to see who's going to emerge a wide receiver. We think the running backs are pretty good based on what we've seen with Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk. Um, you know, but I do think they'll be able to move the football and score some points. DG Dylan Gabriel is going to have to be more accurate, no doubt, particularly on on big third downs. And if you got a wide open wide receiver, you're not going to hit them all. But he overthrew too many last year. 
But I think if they have a top 40 type defense, then they'll win 10 plus games. And uh, again, that schedule is set up where you can go well beyond that if you really improve. And um, you know, this is this is where you got to take advantage, Parker, because the schedule is not going to be this kind of featherweight schedule again, like in forever, right? Yeah. Needless to say, you're getting as much of a cakewalk in the year 2023 as you may ever have in the rest of the history of this football program because life gets a whole lot more difficult when you go to the SEC, which is why it's all the more pivotal to win and to dominate defensively in 2023 because if you don't do it this fall, no one is going to be able to have any faith that you're going to be able to do it in 2024. So this needs to be a bounce-back year for Oklahoma. If it's not, and they only win eight games, nine games over the course of this season, well then, I would imagine when the SEC preseason polls come out around this time next year, many are not going to have Oklahoma in the top half of the SEC. Not at this rate. So they got to win this fall. Yeah, not it's only do they got to win, no doubt. they got to win convincingly. You need momentum this season. You need to get back to playing Oklahoma football. And believe me, the uh, schedule is right there for the taking. Go out and improve a lot defensively. You know, make bigger plays. Make some of those plays you didn't make in tight games last year. And you should win 10, and you could maybe even run the table. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm just saying that possibility is there because this, in many ways, is about a powder puff of schedule as you can get, particularly moving on to the SEC. All right, what's happening here at Riverwind, Earth, Wind, and Fire on the uh, Beats, or I'm sorry, on the uh, Showplace Theater stage tonight, first show we've had in over three years. And don't forget, tomorrow night, get out here, win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play, drawings for the 80K New Beginnings and Winnings promotion. Uh, Begin tomorrow night at 6 o'clock and run until 1130. The preliminary drawings, they'll be drawing out three winners every half hour to win up to $500 cash or $1,000 in bonus play. And then just before midnight, two grand prize winning patrons are going to be selected. They will get $1,000 in bonus play and $1,000 in cash plus any other unclaimed prize amount. So the 80K new beginnings and winnings promotional drawings are tomorrow night. Earth, wind, and fire tonight it's going to be a heck of a friday and a heck of a saturday night as always here at riverwind casino break time we will go to the text line when we get back 405-651-3439 knippelmeyer chevrolet text line mike steely parker thune with you here on the home of sooner fans the ref Here at Riverwind Casino on a Friday, we heard uh, from Brent Venables talking about thinking the defense is going to be better uh, this coming season, this fall, and uh, certainly they have to be. That was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a brand-new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics do a great job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. All right. I got a, uh, a text. Steely, well, you guys are always talking about Sawchuck and Barnes, and now you're talking about Durham, Tatum, and Robinson. What do you think that Dalen Smothers and Caleb Hicks are thinking? I don't know. 
But you know what? If you're at the University of Oklahoma, competition is coming in for your position every year. Well, we've what do you heard, think that Dalen Smothers and Caleb Hicks are thinking? Well, we've heard Brent say this with his own mouth. Right? The only thing he promises kids coming to the University of Oklahoma is that he's instantly, as soon as they're on campus, going to be trying to recruit their replacement. And so it's a dog-eat-dog world at the Power 5 level, especially at a place with such prestige and tradition as the University of Oklahoma. So you want to see the field on Saturdays, you want to get a share of the snaps, you want to carry the rock at the running back position, guess what? You're going to have to show up and work, and you're going to have to earn it, and it's not going to be handed to you, and it's not going to be easy. So I hope what Caleb Hicks and Dalen Smothers are thinking is, dang, we better kick it into gear because – we got to chase down the two backs at the top of the depth chart right now, and we might have three more coming in that are going to be hot on our heels the second they get here. To that particular texter, who is a friend, and uh, thanks for your friendship, but that's that's touchy-feely football. That's not what football's all about. Oh, my gosh, somebody's coming in to replace me. You know, you, that's mule shoe right there, okay? <laughs> By the way, do you think that sack of poop mule shoe is saying that to other recruits? You know what? We're trying to recruit your replacement, so get with it once you get here. And it's like, because it sounds to me like, and I'm not, we're clearly neither of us are in those individual meetings, but based on what we hear about Brent's philosophy, you know what the uh, visit philosophy is, you might as well be up front with these kids because at some point you're going to have to be. Why not right off the start? And then you know if a kid's totally bought in and you know what you want. Uh, you know, if you if you promise you know, if you tell a kid, you know what, there's no guarantees here, only you're gonna have a great opportunity to come play and start. If you do what we ask and you uh, work hard and all of that stuff, you know, guaranteeing somebody stuff like you know, position or whatever, and I don't know how much of that goes on, probably not as much as we think, but still, honesty I think is a really good policy. Now, again, with these modern-day athletes, it seems like they want a little more, you know, whether it's NIL money or whatever. Certainly they want attention. But I don't know. I, I still think building the kind of culture that you want in that locker room, that's the best way to go about it. Yeah, you have to have competition. And if you don't have competition, well, then you're going to hit a plateau. And to be honest, I don't question that what Venables is preaching at Oklahoma is diametrically opposed to what Muleshoe preached at Oklahoma and is probably preaching at USC, which is, hey, you come here, we're going to treat you better than anybody. You're going to be the most valued member of this program, or at least you're going to feel like it. I guarantee you Muleshoe's not saying a word about recruiting your replacement like Brent is. And look, every coach has their philosophy, but at a certain point, Oklahoma under Muleshoe wasn't getting any better and the locker room was divided and there were culture issues and guess what you run into culture issues when there isn't competition you run into culture issues when there is entitlement and when there is competition top to bottom on your roster and everybody's having to earn their keep and their share of the snaps guess what there isn't any entitlement because anybody who's entitled gets weeded out and we've seen that. We've seen that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think kind of like uh, Muleshoe apparently got called out again. Well, did get called out. Skip Johnson, Taylor Tatum. Yeah, no, no he didn't orchestrate that. I did. But what I think they need to do for every uh, Muleshoe recruit is make Lincoln Riley 
hooked up to a polygraph machine, and then once he's done with his spiel to said recruit, hey, well, here are the results of the polygraph. Son, sorry, he lied to you about everything. All right? So go take your next visit. I don't know. Um, but, I, I again, I know this is frustrating for Oklahoma fans, you know, because you want to see more commitments rolling in. But, hey, two this week, again, uh, with James Nesta and uh, Dozie Azukama, the wide receiver, and it uh, looks like more are in the pipeline as well. All right, you want to get some texts in real quick? Let's go to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line and see what the folks are saying. Brad in Bartlesville says, that's what got AD to OU, the promise of competition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, again, great players aren't afraid to compete. And, uh, you know, again, I uh, who knows? Like I said, we're always talking about the next guys that are coming aboard, and we don't know for sure who's coming aboard yet. But uh, it looks like there's a, a good possibility at least. Xavier Robinson will be the first one coming up soon. And then it would be. Uh, Taylor Tatum and maybe Caden Durham, maybe all three of those guys, which would be a phenomenal uh, running back slash H-back haul for OU. I mean, about as good as you can get, right, Parker? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you on paper, obviously we don't know how any of those guys are going to perform at the collegiate level, but on paper that's arguably OU's best running back class of the modern era. Patrick on the text line wants to know, when do you think – We'll be able to gauge the difference in this defense versus last year's. Cincinnati, Iowa State, Texas? Probably Texas, I think. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, I look, I'm not saying it's going to be an absolute cakewalk once you go into a Nippert Stadium, but without Luke Fickle with a new system in place there, I would think it would probably be in the Cotton Bowl. What do you think? I think the Texas game every single year is the easiest game to point to and say that's going to be the barometer for the remainder of OU season. And in a lot of ways, it is, right? Because think back to – that's true on both sides of the aisle, right? That's true for Oklahoma. That's true for Texas. That game looms so large on the schedule every single year, and there's no telling every single year – Who's going to come out on top? Who's even the odds on favor? Because we've seen some really bad Oklahoma teams beat some better Texas teams. We've seen some really bad Texas teams beat some much better Oklahoma teams. And so because of all of the pomp and circumstance and just the magnitude of that rivalry as a whole, as well as the fact that it falls generally in the exact middle of the season, that instantly sets the course for the rest of the year for those two football teams. There's no better example of that than 2021 when Texas came in 4-1, and one, and I believe they might have been a slight favorite in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, they get up 28-7 to seven in the early stages. Caleb Williams brings Oklahoma back. OU wins 55-48. to 4-1 and one start for Texas turns into a 5-7 and seven finish. They lose to Kansas at home. They miss a bowl game. So that, that's either the game that can completely take the wind out of your sails or propel you forward with confidence. And so for Oklahoma, I don't get the sense looking over that non-con schedule and those first couple conference games against Cincinnati and Iowa State, I don't feel like they're going to be legitimately challenged through the first five games. At least they shouldn't be. At least not on paper. 
So by the time Texas rolls around, I think with the talent that the Longhorns boast on both sides, that game is going to tell us a lot about Oklahoma's identity and the flow of that game, as well as the outcome, is going to tell us a lot about where Oklahoma has the potential to go over the second half of the 2023 campaign. All right, we are here at Riverwind. It is a fantastic Friday. Why don't you make a weekend out of it? All you have to do, you know, get you a hotel, the Riverwind Hotel right here, adjacent to, in fact, connected to the casino is fabulous. Uh, enjoy a steak night at the River Buffet. All you can eat steak for nineteen ninety nine, and then you have uh, other options like Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, a great food court. And then uh, take in the Earth and Earth, Wind, and Fire concert tonight at Chill Place Theater. And then tomorrow night, the 80K New Beginnings and Winnings promotion. The drawings begin from 6 to 11.30, giving away a bunch of cash and bonus play, a bunch of it. Three winners drawn out every half hour between 6 and 11.30. And then again, just before midnight, two grand prize winning patrons are going to receive $1,000 in cash, $1,000 in bonus play each, and any unclaimed leftover prizes. All right, we've got to get to a break. Coming up at 120, Brandon Rabar recapping the uh, Thunder's draft last night. 135, Brandon Drum will join us on the Riverwind Hotline talking sooner recruiting. Coming right back, Friday edition of Steel Man and Thune right here on the ref. Yes, welcome back, Riverwind Casino. Happy to have you with us. Showplace Theater is back tonight. It is back with Earth, Wind, and Fire on the Showplace Theater stage. Going to be another exciting weekend here at Riverwind Casino. Tickets available still for many of the shows at the Showplace Theater. Collective Soul, Josh Turner, Counting Crows, Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis. Tickets are all still available. Get online at riverwind.com or if you're coming out to the casino, which I highly encourage, you can get your tickets at the Showplace Theater box office. I, I tell you, regional radio stardom and the effects are unbelievable. Parker Thune, where you're recognized and people want photos and autographs. Not really. It's unbelievable. I mean, during the commercial break, I am uh, doing some stuff and I get a tap on my shoulder from behind me. And it's a gentleman who's already got a, a cold one in his hand. That's fine. All right. It's it's nearly 1 o'clock in the afternoon. But he said to me, what are you, a DJ or something? And I said, no, we're actually doing a sports show. And he looked at me like with a confused look and then just walked off. That was it. That's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. You can feel the celebrity is the feeling of really regional radio stardom and celebrity is, is palpable in a moment like that. Kind of feels what like you, you been, a DJ or something? Kind of feels like he would have been more excited if you were a DJ. Yes, the gentleman uh, was in the, I would say, 55-64 age demographic, which is squarely in my wheelhouse. But uh, he thought I was DJing. Interesting. So, he wanted, next he, week, he wanted I might, you to throw I, on Margaritaville or something? Now, next week, you know what? I'm bringing two turntables and a microphone. That's where it's at. I'm going to MC Steel. I don't know. Whatever, whatever it could be. But, yeah. What are you, a DJ or something? Like I said, he was very confused when I said, now we're doing a sports show. It's not like, oh, really, or anything. He just looked at me with a confused look and walked away. All right, uh, 
3439 Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And uh, let's let's finish off this hour with a bunch of texts. Why don't we do that? Do you think this comes from Brazilian Sooner? Do you think with Sperry moving to Carl Albert, it will help in recruiting the talented in-state receivers? I assume that is in reference to Jaden Nickens and Elijah Thomas, most specifically. And, yeah, you know, I think there will be an overall local recruiting bump having your prized quarterback commit just up the road, which it's been a good long time, Steely, since Oklahoma had an in-state quarterback committed, hasn't it? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Do you got to go back to Justice Hansen? Golly, off the top of my head, that might be right. I'm trying to uh, trying to remember the text line. I'm sure will tech, uh, you know, help us out there. At least as far as scholarship In guys state, are concerned, they've had walk-ons. Yeah, obviously. that's what I was thinking. Maybe there's a pre- yeah preferred walk-on or something. We're not talking about that, but in-state quarterback that might be the right answer. But you know, we've got so many experts out there in the ref army. It's like. A million to two, you know, so they'll let us know. But that sounds like, sounds right to me. 405 651 3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. That moment also reminded me of a, a moment when I was working at another radio station and I was at the old Bricktown Brewery doing a remote. Uh, and it, Leonard Skinner was coming in concert that night. But we had a uh, prominent display actually up on a stage that had our radio station banner. Right there. I'm in a huge banner, and I'm doing a radio show there. And a lady walks up to me, and she, too, was uh, had been uh, imbibing. imbibing and walks up to me and looks at me. And I'm during a commercial break, and she's, like, trying to get my attention. And so I take the headphones off like this, you know, and I say, yeah, how you doing? She goes, what are the chances that you could play some Skinnerd? And uh, I had to explain to her that we were also doing a sports show. But she wanted to hear Freebird at that moment. So, anyway, it was kind of the same situation here just moments ago. Moments ago. All right, 405-651-3439. Kittipelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Steel Man and Thune here on a Friday. I'm at Riverwind. Parker is inside the Buffalo Wild Wings Studios. Ronnie Crimson says, you may have already talked about this, but do you think the Bama offer that Bricks just got will affect his recruitment? That's in reference, of course, to four-star offensive tackle Grant Bricks out of Logan, Iowa. Uh, No, I do not think that Bama offer is going to have much sway there, and obviously I'll catch up with Bricks on the other side of the weekend once his official visit to Nebraska is complete because he was going OV to Alabama, OV to Nebraska straight away. So basically flying straight from Birmingham, into Omaha to begin his Nebraska official visit later today. Now, the sense I get and have gotten for quite some time is that Bricks is a guy that's only going to go so far from home. Alabama's a little far outside that radius. This official visit has been on the books for a while. He obviously anticipated the offer. It wasn't out of the blue by any means. I still think this is a race that comes down to Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Kansas State. So uh, hopefully that answers your question. Ronnie Crimson. CD from Hockley adds, you guys are about to get some serious weather. Stay safe up there. Is it as dark where you are, Steely, as it is where I am? 
Really? Well, it says heavy rain. I'm indoors here in the friendly confines of Riverwind Casino. The sun was out when I pulled up here about uh, a little over probably about an hour and a half ago. It looked fine, but it, I'm looking now. It says heavy rain, severe weather, warning until 1.30. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, how's it looking there at the ref? Uh, well, I tell you, it, it might as well be night outside from my vantage point. So clearly there are some looming really? ominous clouds. I haven't been outside. I'll probably do that in the break at the top of the hour, probably step out, see how things are looking. But my aspiring meteorologist brother-in-law-to-be has already informed me that there are no naders in the works. So just rain, just thunderstorms, no tornadoes. There you go. All right, we got to get out of here for hour number one. Want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. They are awesome. They will do a great job for you. And we've got another hour to go here from Riverwind. Brandon Rabar, Thunder Draft Review, Brandon Drum, Sooner Recruiting, all that coming up next hour here on The Ref. Back with you here at Riverwind. Mike Steely here at Riverwind, and uh, Parker, Parkoon back in the Buffalo Wild Wing studios of the ref. Hope your Friday's going along well. There is some rain coming down out of here, and those skies are looking pretty uh, overcast. I am hearing riders on the storm by the doors right now, also in my headset, which is uh, pretty appropriate. All right, Riverwind, it's a big Friday night. The Showplace Theater is back with shows. And I'm talking about, remember, during the pandemic, we actually had gaming machines in the Showplace Theater for a while during the renovation, which, by the way, is almost complete. And, again, I'm telling you, each week I come out here, this place looks better and better and better. And they are just about done with the finishing touches. But it is a uh, new-look Riverwind Casino and it looks uh, fantastic. But again, Showplace Theater concerts are back tonight with Earth, Wind, and Fire. The first time a musical act has been on the stage in the Showplace Theater in well over three years now due to the pandemic. So again, excited about that. We've got the 80K, New Beginnings and Winnings, promotional drawings tomorrow night, preliminary rounds from 6 to 11.30. And then at midnight, just before midnight, they will also have two grand prize drawings for two very happy patrons. And between 6 and 11.30 tomorrow evening here, uh, they'll be drawing out three names every half hour to win their share of up to 500000 or 5000 Hang on one second. I'm getting very excited. $500,000. I've had that would be a lot to give away that much three times in 30 minutes. But, and believe me, they do great giveaways here. $500 cash, uh, $500 bonus play, up to that amount. Uh, three times every half hour tomorrow night between 6 and 11.30. I think I have uh, had way too much energy drink. Okay, uh, so you guys, I don't know if you ever look at this site, and it's kind of okay, whatever, but CoachesHotSeat.com. That's a, that's a Been site? Been around for a while. CoachesHotSeat.com. Where do you think Brent Venables ranks right now on CoachesHotSeat.com? I will say somewhere in the late teens to early 20s. Does it rank every single FBS coach? It does. So, yeah, late teens, early 20s, I'll bet you. That, sir, is wrong. Really? I will give you a hint. The same number as his quarterback. What? Yep. Number eight. You're joking. 
Number eight, Brent Venables. All right, so they have Pat Fitzgerald of Northwestern, number one, and they have Danny Gonzalez, number two. Jimbo at number three, Butch Jones of Arkansas State. Man, I remember when Butch Jones was at Tennessee, brought a team to Norman. How the mighty And the Tennessee fans were saying, yeah, we, we feel pretty good about Butch Jones. We feel pretty good. Well, not looking good. Butch Jones now at Arkansas State is number four. Mario Cristobal at Miami is number five. Neil Brown at West Virginia, number six. Jeff Halfley at uh, BC is number seven. And Brent Venables is number eight. Mel Tucker at Michigan State is number nine, and Billy Napier at Florida is number ten. Okay, I just want to know first. To give you how- all right. Uh, by the way, Sark, Steve Sarkeesian, by the way, Parker, sixty fourth on that list. Sixty fourth. Sixty fourth. So eight wins yes. was enough to knock Sarke- Sarkeesian all the way down to sixty fourth. But one six and seven season has Brent Venables in the top ten. Also. How is Mario Cristobal, Miami guy that he is, one year on the job, I mean, Miami through and through, how is that guy on a hotter seat than Neil Brown, who, absent a win in a monsoon over Oklahoma last year, would already have been fired and has the hair of a Lego figurine? Well, hey, Neil Brown, remember, Nick Benita, he can really get after the quarterback. I, Neil Brown, yeah, you're right. That OU win probably saved his job. It, well, I don't think there's any doubt it. about it. Yeah. So, um, I, I, like, I don't know. I'll, so give, you, I'll Brent, give you a little Brent's bit of – too high at number eight is which – Brent is too high at number eight, too, you're saying, right? Yes, Brent is what absolutely too high. What about Mel Tucker at number nine? Mel Tucker, I, yeah. I I can get that. Well, I think he's probably a little high just based on how big his contract is. Like that's a that's a hefty ask if Michigan State wants to get out of that contract just two years after he signed it. But just to give you some insight on the Neil Brown situation at West Virginia, I kid you not, Steely. I know this from a very good source on the matter. West Virginia had they lost to Oklahoma. Up in Morgantown in early November. They were firing Neil Brown the next day. It honestly was kind of a shock to the folks up in Morgantown that they won that game and instantly they had to reevaluate everything. Because the plan was lose to West or lose to Oklahoma on Saturday, fire near Neil Brown on Sunday. Needless to say, the uh what 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 do you call it in uh oh gosh, logical terms. The antecedent did not occur, and therefore, Brown kept his job and somehow hung on to it, even through a change in athletic directors later on in the month. So when I say that win over Oklahoma saved Neil Brown's job, like there's, there's no two ways about it. There's no more nuance. It's very black and white. Beating Oklahoma is the only reason Neil Brown is still employed at West Virginia. There you go. Well, he's in the uh, he's in the top ten. He's number six again. And uh, Brent, according to Ho- CoachesHotSeat.com, uh, again, is number eight. So what do you guys think? Is is Brent actually – I mean, is he on a, a, a hot seat at all text line right now? I mean, is it maybe – you know, when you first turn the oven or the skillet on and you're just warming things up and maybe the oven temperature is at 100 or something, or, you know uh, – Look, 
if Brand, if they go out and go seven and five or something this year, absolutely, man, that seat is getting turned up. And I think it's kind of lukewarm right now because of the administration that Oklahoma has and the, the situation. And again, I fully admit, raising my hand right here, I drank too much Crimson Kool Aid last year. And I, you know, I was, oh man, you know, Brent instantly that defense is going to be a lot better. Well, it wasn't. And, you know, the, you can have a great defensive mind like Brent Venables, who's been the best defensive coordinator in college football for, you know, around a decade, right? And if you don't have the Jimmys and Joes, the X's and O's don't mean as much, right? But um, so again, I, I drank too much of it last year. But I think the, you know, I think it's really on a scale of one to ten, it's maybe about a two right now. But if they drop off another disappointing season, it gets turned up to about a seven or an eight, and particularly when you're headed to the SEC. So, what do you guys think? 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I think Parker uh, or uh, Tyler talked about this a little bit the other day. You know whether or not Brent should be on on the hot seat, but so I'm looking up Coach's hot seat, and they have him at number eight on the list. On the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Chris Rich says, we say it wasn't better, but could have been better than if nothing changed, which I agree with. A listener in the 405 says, to me, Brent is sitting on ice. The recruiting doomer says, BV is nowhere near the hot seat. There is a position coach on that seat, though. A listener in the 918 says, I mean, I think it's unrealistic, but if the Sooners go 6-7 and or worse, I'd probably fire him. Then again, I'm not an AD. See, the recruiting doomer, I like that. The recruiting doomer can be upset and think the recruiting, uh, he's uh, upset without that, but he's got a pretty realistic take on what's going on with the coaching staff. Now, is he talking about Ted Roof in the three-man front? Who's he talking about? I would figure he's talking about Ted Roof, yes. I mean, is that yeah. is there anybody else on the Sooners coaching staff right now that people are like actively upset with? Well, I guess Todd Bates, but that's only because of yeah. his recruiting. Well, yeah, maybe it is Todd Bates, but uh, and that's all due to you know not closing out some of these guys. But how many, you know, high four star? I mean, you know, besides like a great quarterback right now, your five star high four star quarterback Parker, that four high four star high you know five star interior defensive lineman is right there with your quarterback, almost, you know, maybe. Tier one is get yourself a great five-star quarterback, and then 1A is get yourself a couple great interior defensive linemen. Man, they're hard. They're prized possessions. Justin in Kawita says, love Venables and have all the faith in the world in him, but I don't care what his history is and his character and integrity is. If he loses more than three, then his derriere should be on fire. If he can't win 10 in the Big 12, he's going to get throttled in the SEC. Okay, let's go. I, go. Here's here's why I don't believe Brent Venables is on the hot seat, Steely. Certainly not with everything that Oklahoma's on the precipice of doing in terms of relocating to the SEC. Because let's just say it it falls apart this year. Worst case scenario, OU has another losing season. Going into the 2024 season, you really have nothing to lose by keeping Venables on for a third year. 
even if you have another losing season, here's what you don't want to have to do is wipe it all and and start from scratch concurrent with a move to the toughest football conference in America. So if you can't field a winning team in 2023, you might as well just take it for granted that you're not going to field one in 2024 regardless of who's the coach. So there's absolutely no reason why Venables should be on the hot seat this year. If anything, I'm looking ahead to next year in 2024 based on how good we feel about the Sooners' transition to the SEC and their ability to compete immediately. If year one in the SEC is a colossal disappointment, then I think we can start having that conversation. But even if stuff hits the fan this year, Steely, I still don't think it makes any sense to fire Venables and bring in a new coach in the midst of the transition to the SEC because regardless of who that new coach is, if you're tearing that thing down to the studs as you set foot in the SEC for the first time, you're not winning in 2024. You're not. Well, I don't think you're going to have to worry about it. I don't think you have to worry about that anyway. And and your take, I think, is probably uh, accurate. But I think they're going to go. They're going to win, at least win nine this year. And again, I think you throw in a bowl game, uh, you're going to get to ten this year. So, uh, and they need to do that again. They need more upward momentum again. They need to be uh, the arrow needs to be pointing in the uh, upward direction again for Oklahoma based on what's going to be happening in 2024, no doubt. All right, break time right here, Riverwind Casino. Mike Steely out here on a Friday. Parker back at the Buffalo Wild Wings Studios. Let's call a timeout right here. When we get back, we'll evaluate the Oklahoma City Thunder draft with our friend and Thunder insider Brandon Rabar. That is coming up next right here on The Ref. There you go, Sam Presti last night talking about Kassan Wallace at number 10. The Thunder moves up two spots, and uh, they get the uh, guard from Kentucky at number 10. The second round, they got Keontae Johnson, one of the best uh, individual stories. I think people remember him collapsing on the court at Florida, coming back, transferring to K-State. Last year, a great year for the Wildcats. And uh, so the Thunder ends up with uh, Kassan Wallace at number 10 and Keontae Johnson late in the second round. Brandon Rabar, our Thunder insider on the Riverwind Casino hotline. Um, I, I know that people are thinking, need, you know, you need a rim, a rim protector. You also need a, uh, another shooter. But they got, I thought, a great pick. Guess what? They did get a shooter, too, in Davos Bertans, right, at least for a year. Uh, and... You know, I if you would have told me waking up yesterday the Thunder is going to get up to number 10, and, yes, you don't get up to uh, 8 or 9 and get, like, Jairus Walker or Taylor Hendricks, but you get Wallace at number 10, and then you end up with a guy, you know, Keontae Johnson might be, you know, in the Jeep, might be, uh, you know, with the blue for a while, uh, but certainly has potential. I like it. What, what was your take on the haul for OKC? I like it a lot, Mike. Uh, I actually had Kaysen Wallace uh, at number six on my big board. You know, these past few months, I've been deep in the woods, in the weeds with this uh, NBA draft. Lots of research, and I came away really, really impressed by by Kaysen Wallace. He uh, He's a two-way player, like Sam Presti said last night. Maybe the best perimeter defender in this draft class. All the comps are, are Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart. He's that type of player. Uh, he's actually really good on offense, though, too. He's actually shooting 44% from three 
uh, for most of the season. And then he killed off at the end. He started having uh, some back spasms, had an injury. So I think those affected his three-point shot. But he's a playmaker. He's a scorer. He's a shooter and a great, great defender. I was really, really impressed by Casey Wallace. I think that they got by far the best player on the board at number 10. Talk to me about Keontae Johnson, Brandon, because obviously with his story, everything that he's been through, look, I personally am as big of a Keontae Johnson fan as you will find. So getting a kid like that, uh, obviously went to the Elite Eight with Kansas State. Or did Kansas State go to the Final Four? I've already forgotten. No, they lost to Florida Atlantic. That's what it was. So goes to an Elite Eight with Kansas State. Uh, after going through the scary medical situation at Florida that uh, eventually caused the Gators to move on from him, he was too much of a liability there, goes to K-State, puts together a phenomenal final year against all odds, and now he's an NBA draft pick. What kind of player, what kind of person are the Thunder getting in Keontae Johnson? Yeah, like you said, by far the best story in the NBA draft, and Another note I would say is he turned down $5 million uh, to keep playing basketball. He didn't want to give up his dream of playing basketball. Uh, so pretty impressive kid. But, look, he would have gone in the first round if it wasn't for, you know, the, the injury concerns and for his age. He's 23 years old, which obviously is older than most of the Thunder roster coming in as a rookie. But if it wasn't for his age and the injury, if you just look at his on-court ability and his talent, the dude is a shooter. He's athletic. He can get buckets. He's a good rebounder. He's a solid defender. He's a first-round talent that the Thunder stole in round two uh, just because of his age and injury. Yeah, didn't he shoot 40% from three last year for K-State? Yeah. He was right yeah. around that clip. Yeah. And uh, yep, 40, you're right on Wallace, too. He, he, yeah. Uh, and Wallace ended up at what, like 35 for Kentucky last year, and he was up in the 40s as you mentioned, and then uh, tapered off somewhat. But you know, I I, I just think it's a, a really good solid haul for uh, Oklahoma City. And what about Bertans? Davis Bertans coming uh, to OKC. You know, obviously Sam Presti is <laughs> able to move up, doesn't hardly give up anything, gains a couple of picks. And gets a that guy can fill it up from three. What do you see happening there? Is that a a one year deal? Is that possibly could he be moved? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I, I think that he's going to get some playing time with the Thunder team. Like you said, he can shoot. The Thunder needs some shooting. Uh, you know, more than anything, the Thunder got to move up two spots in the lottery, which usually would take a first round pick or a young prospect. But they just used their cap space as an asset. Were able to get their guy just by taking on a contract the Mavs didn't want, but he's a, he's a solid player. Uh, you know, I, I think that people just see it and they think, oh, they're, they're going to dump him. I think he'll play this year. I, I think he can help the Thunder some wins just with his, his shooting and spacing. I don't know if he'll be a regular part of the rotation, but, you know, much like Mascala, a big dude that can shoot and space the floor, maybe play 10, 12 minutes a night, uh, I'd expect that from Bertans this year. I find it interesting, Brandon, and I love your commentary on the matter, but what does it say about the evolution of the league as a whole that you go two full rounds and you don't hear Oscar Shibway or Drew Timmy's name called? Yeah, you know, it's it's the draft is so funny uh, because the NBA is just so much different than, than the college game, and there's so many guys who excel and just dominate at the college level. But for whatever reason, you know, whether it's athleticism, whether it's age, whether it's 
the system they were working in at college and they don't think it'll translate to the NBA. There's so many of those guys that, you know, scouts and, and GMs just aren't interested in, even if they dominated at the uh, college level. And, and sometimes they turn out to be wrong, and those guys turn out to still be good players. Brandon Rabar with us, and uh, once again, the Thunder gets uh, Kassan Wallace at number 10, the Kentucky guard, and Keontae Johnson in the second round. And, uh, man, uh, dividing up some minutes now. A lot of people are also throwing, well, this certainly sends a message to Lou Dortz right here, that Lou Dort may not be around, you know, uh, much longer. And, obviously, this next year is going to be very interesting. I thought, also thought – last night i want you to talk about that but also sam presti was saying something along the lines of uh well you know we're not where we want to be totally and i get i think he was trying to not necessarily temper enthusiasm but everybody particularly with chet coming aboard next year uh is thinking that oklahoma city is right back in the mix certainly to be you know at, at least you know maybe a five or a six seed not have to be in the play and tournament next year did you feel like he was tempering the enthusiasm somewhat or just being realistic during the presser what did you think yeah I, I think that I think both things I think that you know expectations are certainly going up for this Thunder team not only locally with with fans but also on a national level the, this Thunder team you know exceeded expectations this year and you're adding Chet Holmgren and you're adding Kaysom Wallace so I think that you know it was more of a hey you know Progress isn't always linear type of thing, and let's, you know, kind of set expectations. But that doesn't mean that, you know, they won't bust, bust through those expectations again. Um, but, but I think that he just kind of wants to put the message out there, this is still a really young team. You know, just because we exceeded last year doesn't mean that we will this year. That said, I don't think there's any way around it. I think after the way the SGA, Jada, Giddy. Uh, played last year and adding Chet and Wallace, I think the the expectations are still going to stay pretty high for this young team. No doubt fun is back. Fun is back. And last year was fun. Last year was fun, no doubt. And it's even going to get better this year. Hey, Brandon, great stuff. We'll be talking to you again down the road. Uh, You always do a great job. Have a great weekend. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Brandon Rabar, DailyThunder.com. Thunder Insider joining us here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, another Brandon. We've got back-to-back Brandons. I'm here at Riverwind Casino on a Friday, Earth, Wind, and Fire on the Showplace Theater stage tonight. That's right. You heard right. Don't grab the Q-tips. What did I hear? Huh? What did that? Showplace Theater? Yes, it is back with Earth, Wind, and Fire tonight. Uh, coming up, we've got shows for Collective Soul. Tickets are available July 21st. Josh Turner, July 28th. Counting Crows, August 25th. Uh, Foreigner, Rodney Carrington. Aaron Lewis shows. Tickets are available for. And we've got sold-out shows still coming, including Earth, Wind, and Fire, to kick it off tonight at the Showplace Theater. It's going to be a great night here at Riverwind. All right, break time again. This time it's Brandon Drum talking Sooner Recruiting up next. All right, Brandon Drum joining us as he always does at 1.35 on Fridays here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. Brandon, appreciate you as always. And uh, Taylor Tatum, obviously, number one running back in the country, also a big-time baseball prospect, the Sooners Got a highly touted linebacker, James Nesta, 
as a commitment earlier in the week. Big-time baseball prospect on the mound as well. Uh, what are you thinking right now in terms of Taylor Tatum? The momentum has obviously switched in Oklahoma's direction. Do you think that is close to being a done deal and could happen pretty quickly? Uh, you know, that it's all a matter of, and I'm going to report this on OU Insider later on, but uh, today uh, it's all a matter of Oklahoma just kind of pushing it forward but not being too pushy, you know, and letting him – decide on his timeline. I don't think the momentum was something he was looking forward to before he was able to announce all the predictions going in and all that type of stuff. I think it rubbed him the wrong way that it leaked that quickly. And obviously it didn't leak out of Norman. It, it, it leaked out of other areas and stuff like that, but it, it, it didn't, he didn't like it. So uh, that's just from people I've talked to. So now it's more of Oklahoma just kind of allowing him to buy time and uh, do it on his own accord and his own timing. And once that's done, I think you'll you'll see him announce. And that could be as early as this weekend, or it could be as late as you know Friday or Saturday of next week. I mean, that's generally the timeline I've been given by a few sources. So nobody really wants to say, you know, a definitive date, mainly because. They don't want anybody stepping on the kids' toes, and I, I, I totally understand that. But I, at the end of the day, I still think Oklahoma's in a good spot. I'd be curious to know your thoughts, Brandon, on what you feel Oklahoma does at the linebacker position for the remainder of this class. Obviously, they've got a commit in James Nesta, the only other linebacker that OV'd was Braden Platt. So in a world where Oklahoma gets Platt, are they done? In a world where they I don't they get are. Platt, where do they go from there? I think they're done. I do. I think people may think I'm crazy, but you have, here, here's the thing. is One, if you don't get Platt, okay, you're done. Yeah, you'll take the Peyton Pierces of the world. If he wants to flip, of course, you'll take him. Uh, but outside of that, or obviously a Sammy Brown if they could somehow pull that miraculous thing off, which is not going to happen. But I think those would be the three that they would take. Outside of that, I think they're done. I think they feel like, and I talked to somebody that told me this outright, but linebacker room's really deep right now. Like there's a lot of bodies, and they're young bodies at that. So I think now you just try to develop what you've got on campus. You bring in one or two at most in the 2024 class and maybe a transfer uh, this offseason, and, and that's what you stick with because uh, the chances are you're going to have – now, obviously, Danny Sutsman can leave after this season, but but the chances are, regardless of how good of a season he has, the chances are he's going to return because that's just the type of kid he is and, you know, the type of uh, – person and player and teammate that he is. So a lot of people expect him, even if he's all Big 12, all that, to return and play in the SEC for a year before he heads off to the NFL. Uh, Outside of him, the rest of the guys essentially can all return as well. So that's how deep they are at that position. So, uh, And then you've got a Boganowski, who is a safety but could grow into a linebacker if he puts on a lot of weight. I think Oklahoma wants him as a safety. That's what they're recruiting him as. And that's that's the idea going into the SEC is have big body safeties like him that can run and move. But if he was to grow a lot, you know, 
maybe he can move down. So there's a lot of different and moving parts in this. All to say is, you know, right now I think they're stuck with they're going to take Nesta. They're going to leave that alone. You saw Tyrone uh, or Try Anthony Smith just go ahead and cancel his visit right after that took place. And, and that had to tell you right then and there that Oklahoma was pretty content at linebacker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have Brandon Drum with us. We have Brandon on the Riverwind Casino Hotline with us again every Friday at 135. So um, I've got a list of what the top recruits the Sooners have at least been mentioned with all the way down to 132. So let's play a game show here called Good Chance, Decent Chance, or No Chance. America's favorite recruiting game show. I, I need Parker. Can you just YouTube game show music? Game and, show uh, music. We can play you want like every, the Jeopardy music behind this? Whatever you want to play, just game show music will work. And uh, we'll call it. I would do like match the match game theme. How about game show match game theme? And we'll call this again the show. Good chance, decent chance, no chance. With Brandon Drum. So hang on one second. We just threw this right at Parker, you know. Right, he had no idea. I mean, we're doing this right off the cuff. Here we go. It is time to play Good Chance, Decent Chance, or No Chance with Brandon Drum. Audience applause right here. Okay, top 100. Good Chance, Decent Chance, No Chance. David Stone. Good Chance. Will Wanary. Good chance. Kobe Black. I'm going to say no chance, but I'll end up being wrong probably just because I said no chance. Dominic McKinley. Decent chance. Okay. Taylor Tatum. Good chance. Braden Platts. Decent chance. Joseph Jonah Ajonye. No chance. Liam Andrews. No chance. And let's see. Nigel Smith. Good chance. And Grant Bricks. Good chance. Did I throw Aaron, uh, is it Flores out? Did I throw Flowers. him out there? Aaron Flowers? Flowers, Aaron, Flo- Aaron Flowers, yeah. Oh, man. If they get Boganowski, it'll be no chance. So I'll just say no chance. And then there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Off. Good chance. Good chance, decent chance, or no chance. Should we play this uh, like every two weeks, Parker? What do you think? Sure. Sounds fun. Yeah. And Brandon, with Brandon? I, I like that. So, uh, Joseph Jonah Jonier, you said no chance, and it didn't seem like too long ago at least there was a decent chance for OU. Yeah, there was, but he's always grown up a big Georgia fan. And, I, again, like, and the, uh, the no chance is my opinion, whatever. Um, but go look at his Twitter. Uh, Georgia, grew up a big Georgia fan. They offered, he visited. They started pushing for him pretty hard. 
and now he's visiting Georgia this week after he visited Oklahoma for the champion barbecue, and you see all these tweets, and they're all about, I can't wait to be in Athens, all that type of stuff. He's even quoted on Twitter saying, if I feel the chance and I feel like it's the right thing, I'll just go ahead and commit. None of that was said when he went into Oklahoma, and, and it was really hard to get him to even talk about the Oklahoma visit. So generally when kids kind of start going quiet on Parker and I or Josh McQuistion or whoever, um, that usually is not a good sign for Oklahoma uh, in, historically. So now I've had kids go quiet and then they just surprise and commit because they didn't want it out there and they wanted to shock people before, but I don't think that's what this that what's happening here. I do know Oklahoma felt like they did a really good job on the visit. They felt like they made some ground up and really made a move. And then when you talk to some other people, they felt like the kid was kind of acted disinterested around others and all that type of stuff when he was in Norman. So there was like a mixed bag of reviews from what I was told. So um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like this is the Bulldogs until I'm told otherwise. Brandon, talk to us a little bit before we let you go about the potential ramifications of Kevin Sperry's transfer in-state to Carl Albert. What kind of an effect is this going to have for Oklahoma as it pertains to recruiting? I, I, I think a really positive recruit, a positive on the recruiting front, especially with the OK Preps and how deep the 2025 class was. And look, I, like so he obviously went to all the camps at Oklahoma over the past month and performed really well. And you could just tell he's just a cut above everybody else at the quarterback position, no matter how good the players were that they brought in. And I was talking to his dad and his dad said, Hey man, you know, we're thinking about moving. This was 10, 15 days ago that this conversation started. We're thinking about moving to Oklahoma. He asked for, you know, certain places to move or, where I thought they would fit in at and stuff like that. And I gave them probably six or seven places. And ultimately at the end of the day, they, they chose Carl Albert. And I think it was Carl Albert and Mustang were the two that they were going to come down to at the end of the day. And uh, it was a matter of three miles, literally where they hopped in the car and drove. And that was it. Like the mom said, I want to go there first. It's three miles closer to Norman which with traffic would probably give give or take 10 minutes for them off their drive and all that type of stuff. So it was, it was, it was a, a logistics thing. Um, so one, you got to look at Carl Albert and how deep they are, right? They're deep in 25. Marcus James, Trinian Washington, Tristan Haynes, all have already been offered by Oklahoma. And then obviously in 2024, Xavier Robinson being a running back offer and, He's announced that he's going to be dropping his commitment to one of the schools on this, um, on July or June 27th. So you have that, but then he's going to be around and be able to to go and do workouts and stuff with other 2025 targets. He's going to be able to drop down to Norman anytime, anytime there's somebody down there and they need him to come help recruit. He'll be able to be there, and I think that is going to help the 25 class as long as Oklahoma wins more than six or seven games this year, they should have a huge 25 class. Uh, and it'll all be because Sperry is around and he's going to skyrocket up the rankings as well. So I don't think it can be understated how big of a deal this is for Oklahoma. 
Okay, we are back here, Mike Steely at Riverwind Casino, and uh, well, we got zapped out of here. My uh, what we call a tie line in the radio biz just went whoop all of a sudden, and just we've got severe storms in the area, so it just uh, knocked it out. So we apologize for that. That's why we went to uh, break so quickly, so abruptly. But uh, we've got some weather in the area here, severe sun thunderstorm. Um, and again, that's what happened. So apologize for that. Uh, Parker is back, and uh, how's how's everything looking over there? I mean, we've got mainly what we're dealing with is a very severe thunderstorm right now. But uh, flash back there too. You know what? This uh, the computers all of a sudden boom. You know, they go offline. You got to reset them and everything. Yeah, so, so it was. It was. How's utter, everything back there? Is it a code red? It was utter chaos here in the studio for a couple of minutes because the power went completely <laughs> out. I don't think we lost transmission, but the power went completely out here at the station and didn't come back on for a couple of minutes, thanks to the fervent work of Drake Dykin, the engineer extraordinaire. We have everything back up and running for the most part. On this end. But yes, everything went dark. I couldn't hear anything. I could see on one of the computers that stayed on a visual representation of Brandon still talking in waveform. So I just went ahead and sent us straight to commercial once he was done talking. Hopefully it came out okay on the air. But that's what we were dealing with on this end throughout the storm here. There you go. So, uh, you know, I do think we need to play. Uh, Good chance, decent chance, no chance uh, down the road a few more times, though. So, and some of them I knew, like Kobe Black, and but uh, just looking at players that Oklahoma has been mentioned with in the uh, top 150. So, there you go. Uh, thanks to Brandon Drum again for coming on. OU Insider with us every Friday. All right. Here at Riverwind Casino, it's going to be a big night. I said uh, earlier that they're very excited. Everybody's excited because the Showplace Theater is back with a real show tonight, and that is Earth, Wind, and Fire on the uh, Showplace Theater stage. Why are we so excited? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Number one, it's Earth, Wind, and freaking Fire, all right? And number two, we haven't had a show at the Showplace in over three years. Over three years. I mean, a bunch of people in our audience have been to the Showplace Theater before. And, you know, I remember one of the first shows I went to, the Oak Ridge Boys. Uh, it wasn't my idea. I'm not a, it was a good show. My parents, Michael, we got you tickets to the Oak Ridge Boys. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go see the Oak Ridge Boys. And you know who was there? Barry by God Switzer. That's who was there. And uh, seen some shows, a lot. Well, actually, a lot of shows here at the Showplace Theater. But Earth, Wind, and Fire is on the uh, Showplace Theater stage tonight. And again, because of the pandemic, we haven't had a show at the Showplace in over three years. So that'll be great. And tomorrow night is the 80K New Beginnings and Winnings drawings, preliminary drawings, where they're drawing out three winners every half hour between six and 11:30. To win $500 in cash up to that or $500 in bonus play. So think about that. Five and a half hours drawing out three three winners every half hour. And then at midnight, just before midnight, actually, 11.59, they will draw out two grand prize winners to win $1,000 in cash and $1,000 in bonus play, plus any unclaimed prize amounts 
uh, that have been left over. So it's going to be, as usual, another big weekend here at Riverwind. All right. Uh, so, Parker, the next commitment for OU over and under days-wise will be what? What are you putting it at? Well, are you looking kn- at the uh, the date with Xavier Robinson or what? Yeah, I would say the over-under has to be, what, 3.5, knowing that Xavier Robinson's going to commit on June 27th. So it's basically a matter of whether anybody is going to beat Xavier Robinson to the punch. And Brandon mentioned some of the stuff when we had him on the program. He mentioned some of the things that are impacting the Taylor Tatum timeline right now. So for my money, I'll bet you Xavier Robinson is your next commit. So next Tuesday is when that's scheduled to happen. I bet you that's number nine for Oklahoma. There you go. And uh, so you read, I mean, I was hearing it too, but then we got zapped on the Taylor Tatum stuff that he was, would you say bothered that so much stuff leaked out or didn't, how did you read that? I mean, I, I think I know how I read it, but what did you take away from that? Well, I mean, all those predictions fly in, right? And everybody kind of understands where the kid's leaning. And, you know, there had been reports about his timeline to that point. So everybody at that point is anticipating something imminent from Taylor Tatum. And obviously, if you're a kid and uh, you want to have some pomp and circumstance behind the announcement, well, then you probably want to be able to do it on your own timeline that isn't what everybody's expecting. So... That's kind of why Tatum has taken a step back to regroup. And right now, I wouldn't figure that that happens publicly this weekend the way that many of us were expecting it to originally. There you go. Yeah, and that's basically what I was thinking. I was just wanting to make sure that he didn't, like, feel sorry for real shoe or something, you know, and had to, you know, that, you know how I'm always thinking of the mule shoe factor. So, yeah, rent-free, I know. All right, we got to get out of here and uh, – Parker, have a great weekend. You guys have a great weekend. Great job, as usual, on the uh, text line all week. We appreciate that. Riverwind Casino, I'm, t- I'm telling you, folks, if you haven't if you haven't been out here to see the new Riverwind, it looks, the renovation's just unbelievable. It looks great. Uh, you know, yes, it's a new and improved Riverwind. They didn't have to improve much, but it looks spectacular, I'm telling you, out here at Riverwind Casino. So come on out. And uh, take part in the 80K New Beginnings and Winnings promotion, which is uh, happening tomorrow night with the drawing again, 6 to 11.30. And then two grand prize drawings happening at uh, just before midnight tomorrow night. So we want to thank our friends at Riverwind Casino. We want to thank the one and only Dr. Bellardo, Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see ya.